Hello and welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Sarah Hunter. And I'm Johnny Ham. Great to be alongside you today, Sunter, for another brilliant show. We've got news from all over the world. Of course, Nandy will be here with all the international news from Ireland and Scotland, some rugby Europe as well, some reaction for the Blackbird to their tour. But a little news closer to home as well, Premier 15's news. Tight one at the weekend for you, Sunter. Yeah, it was indeed, but um, we managed to get over the whitewash at the end to take the win, so that's what we'll be focusing on, not about that second half performance. And we had to speak to one person this week. The only person who's ever won World Rugby's Coach of the Year of a women's team. Quite simply billed as the best coach in the world. Simon Middleton joins me later on in the show. You're listening to The Women's Rugby Pod. So how are you, Sunta? Are you well? I'm good, thank you. Yep, feel refreshed after the autumn series, now back into um, club rugby. So that's taken a bit of acclimatising again, getting to know what the calls are and how Loughborough play compared to England. But, you know, we're now probably a week and a bit in, so maybe two weeks actually, two weeks in. So, yeah, feel like haven't been away. Are you disguising... um trying to get across the cause by actually saying just clambering down from cloud nine somewhere <laughs> yeah honestly it was it was an amazing autumn series and um i think it just went beyond i think my expectation of what we were gonna gonna do in the autumn and not just from a performance point of view but from a, a wider perspective in terms of the crowds the fan engagement you know, the the TV audiences that I just, all of it combined just made the autumn extra special. And do you, do you get a, a sense of that? Presumably the the tips of the roses, the um, the people at the very top of the organisation, you know, getting a sense of that and, 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 the, and the media people and what have you. But does, does it affect the whole group? I, I guess, yeah, being quite a few youngsters in there across social media, it, it, it really does filter through. Oh, like without a shadow of a doubt, I think the way people interact with one another, like you say, through social media and and like the whole like fan base, like really engaged with you and the messages people send, the support they got through from like um, posts. I think the messages you got following a game, if you'd had a photo with like people and everything, and it, it just it just makes you feel really connected to 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 the supporters, and I think. You just could see when after the game, following it, when the players were going round and like there was just like person after person, didn't matter what gender or age, they just wanted to like have a photo or have something signed and like the squad just wanted to be part of that and wanted to spend time ensuring that we we connected with them and they've come to support us and I think especially after last year when there was no fans and COVID really hit and it was just really stark playing in front of no one to actually have them back. It, the atmosphere was just like immense and to be able to share the victories that we'd had with our fans was really special. Yeah, I I, I think it's, A, I think, and I, I can't remember who was kind of behind it, uh, probably Nicky Ponsford, but I, having a, 
uh, a strap line you know, having a, a nickname red roses i think is absolute genius uh we're talking about this over in dubai with the with the blitz bock um yeah the black fans have it as well i think that's that's something you can really really hang your hat on but I, i'm just utterly um amazed probably not in, in my household because it's, it's shoved in the face all the time but y- young boys really loving you expect young girls and, and women to, to 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 get a ball with rugby but I think it's just young kids of, of, as you say, any sex just coming up and really, really enjoying what they're seeing. And I, I uh, the accessibility of you guys has has actually only increased over the years, which um, you wouldn't expect it to be as the more professionalism creeps in. I think it's a it's something you you cannot lose. It's one of your biggest weapons at the moment in terms of engaging with people. And I think uh, you're absolutely right. And I think, like you say, that like you'd think you'd become less accessible, but I think like the whole squad feels so passionate about how we maintain that and that we don't want to lose it because it's been such a big part of of where we've grown to and for all these people like that that engage with us that we have to keep it and I think also the nature of where we are I think at this moment in time and what we need to do for the sport and what we need to do for female sport is to make sure that we inspire that generation or we inspire those fans like maybe older to keep coming but also like say young boys like we need them to be the next generation that don't think about gender of within sport or across across um life really but if they can come and be like I've just watched an England women's game and actually when they grow up and they can they have a view and opinion that isn't about what women should do or men should be. It should just be like, well, this is the Women's England rugby team and they're brilliant and fantastic. That's part of changing the narrative long-term. So hopefully we don't have to be talking about gender equality in the future. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, my favourite moment from, um, and I, yeah, I'll pick it up, but um, being out in Dubai and, and doing doing the sevens, um, we were sat watching watching the final and very lucky sort of in, in the players sort of section. And Fijiana had just come off, um, and they were they were sat in front of us. And a little boy, he can't have been more than about six, came up with a ball and handed it to them and said, "Yo," and a pen and said, "Could you sign it, please?" Um, and they're not <laughs> the most well-known players in the planet. And he's a little boy of six, and that's it. That's it. That in a nutshell, because then all the walls and and all the rest of it, glass ceilings are smashed. Um, if, if that's what we're, we're, we're achieving, but I, I was blown away because uh, I was at one or two of the games um, and I was blown away by, by you guys taking as much time as you did. And I know you always do um, how much, and I don't want a straight bat media answer. How much do you as, as, as the moral barometer in that squad and the captain drive that kind of thing? I don't have to drive it at all, genuinely. Like, the player, the girls are so good in terms of going out and engaging. Like, it's not even something we're like, right, come on, you know, like today, like, you haven't stayed out last game, can you do it this game? Like, or, like, are you going in, can you just stay out a bit longer? Genuinely, it doesn't even have to be driven, which I think, like, speaks volumes for this group that we've got. Wow, really doesn't. I mean, you literally bit my head off there to say that you don't have to drive it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I don't mean to do that. To the point where, like, like our manager, 
Oh God, that's my like passion or not. Um, to the point our manager, yeah, our manager, um, like at the Worcester game, like there's quite a few of us still out, and she she came out and she's like, right, girls, the bus is leaving in 15 minutes, and we're still out full kit, like, and still got a group of like like fans that want things signed and autographed or photos, and it's like, right, okay, like. I'm like, oh, the bus is not going to leave without us. Like, we'll just get it done. It's fine. Um, so yeah, but that's that's how much time people are prepared to to spend, and everyone everyone does it. Like you see after the game, like if people have like added you in a in a message or like in a like story or something, all the girls share that because I think it's like they feel like they want to be part of that story as well, and that narrative about how like our fans are so integral to to the team that we are. Wow. There you go. And that's ladies and gentlemen, why she's captain as many times as she is as, as the England uh, England skipper. Um let's I, mean, I I don't want to get drawn into um and I don't think we often do on, on the pod here, but the whole sort of media narrative. But it it, it seems like and again, we've used the, the word plenty of times before, but slightly watershed in terms of if you are fully professional, just say on the field, if you are fully professional, um, this is the level that you can get to. And England aren't slowing down and everybody, it's your responsibility every union to, to catch England up. But also, as you say, whether it be the Barbarians, 1.15 million watching, um, unbelievable uh, viewing figures for for the autumn games uh, as well. It just seems like a crowd, you know, properly increasing um, and a lot more buzz around media and stuff. Commercially, there's still a massive, massive way to go. Um, but I just, just feel it, it's a bit seminal this autumn. Is that, do you go along with that? Yeah, I definitely think that this has been a real, like almost when you look back and think, well, when was a significant change? And when did, like you say, that watershed moment of like that, probably that perception change. And I think having us on terrestrial TV is, I guess, what everyone's been saying for years and years and years. But to have it where you're flicking through and you can find it or people know, like, it's there, I think, has made such a such a difference to, to the women's game. And I think, I guess we'll come to it, but obviously the announcement of Six Nations and the broadcast deal around that, it's like things we've been crying out for for years and we're finally getting it. And I think people are now seeing or the powers that be going, oh, actually, there's a really good product here and actually it is really worth investing in. And I know we've been believers of that for a long time, but it's, it's great that actually like now we've got it. I think from our point on, like from an England perspective, I think what's been really smart is continuing to take us round the country um, to different areas to, to grow the game, but also to, to give other like the, a different fan base opportunity to come. And what we saw, what was really interesting is that like you saw familiar faces um, or people said, because obviously now we're seeing what nine, 10,000 people in the crowd. You're not going to remember everyone. They're like, Oh, we came to, we came to Northampton or we came down to Sandy park and they're now at the next game and things like that. That is just incredible. So now not only are we getting a fan base in a certain area, we're getting a following. So those those fans are now like following us wherever we go and play. And 
Um, I think, and hopefully those people that tuned in to watch on TV will now be like, oh, well, we want to go and watch a game live. So it feels like everything's just starting to finally come together. And like I say, that there's so much more to go, but I do think this is a, the autumn was a, a real significant moment in time where it's, it's gonna, gonna go on from there, I think. Yeah, I, I, I do hope so. Um, look, we, 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 we've got to move on because, yeah, you know, I could chat about these, these kind of bits and pieces uh, all the time. My, 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 my only little caveat to that is your autumn international games and, and, and the, and the Barbars game. And it, sub, it works on subconscious or, or conscious level and many people won't, won't recognize it until you go, yeah, but how about it's got to be done well. It's got to be broadcast well because. If you are at the forefront of the, you know, if you're at the tip of the the, the arrow, tip of the spear, um, everybody's looking at you and everybody wants to knock you down. And therefore, you've got to present these things well. And if you've got a casual floating voter going, oh, well, I'll just pop that on. And, you know, it's, it's a dark pitch and the, you know, the camera's the other side. You can't quite see who's doing what. It, it, it doesn't work. Um, and therefore, it's got to be you know, New Zealand do it very well. Supersport did it very well with some women's rugby back in the summer. Um, and I whisper involved with the BBC's production and I know they're, they're getting involved with the six states as well. So no, um, hats off to those guys for, for giving it the justice that, that it deserves. Um, others take note. Let's talk about then, um, just very, very quickly on the field. Of course, in fact, you know, across them both, can you quite believe that the rugby that you, you did play? Yeah, of course you can because you're involved in that squad and what have you. What was making it click that possibly wasn't in the past? I think I think that the squad has probably been together a few years now, and I think um, I think there's just when we had this new not new way of playing, but like our new approach to training last year, and I think that took a bit of time to get used to and about what we're capable of. Um, but I think. Obviously, we spent a big chunk of time together in the summer, not necessarily looking at rugby tactics or technical stuff, but just rugby and spending a lot of time together as as a group. And I think that's had a big part to play in it. And then I think you see players that have almost like sort of blossomed and almost like like come into their own this autumn and they've gone up another level. And I think that's really really shone through within um the squad and yeah I just think obviously the more time we spend together the more things will will click and actually there was there was real clarity on how we wanted to play and what we wanted to do in like areas of the park and just having real ambition and that like detail of what we wanted to do I think was a real part of the way we performed and then I think the physicality that in terms of from a, a physical performance, from like fitness and things like that, I think this team is at a different level to it ever has been. And I think that then allows you to be able to assert yourself onto the opposition more, um, especially at difficult times. And I, I just think there was a real ruthless mentality about the group as well. Oh, where to pick up? Um, yeah, when you, when, you look, when you look at your opposite number in the eye and you, you know that you're fitter than them, it, and and they probably know that you know as well that that gives you that uh, that little bit of edge and I, and then that kind of was a sort of underbelly of the, of the entire autumn certainly against the the the, 
the Black Ferns. Um, I couldn't agree with you more that whoever played, and you know, you you popped in a few different positions, um, as were you know the likes of Poppy Keel and, and Zoe Allcroft, but also that that midfield. Um, it it was seamless, and when people came off the bench, it was seamless, and there wasn't a, a certainly a dip. Um, in fact, possibly did the opposite. Um, so yeah, that was incredibly impressive, and, and I agree there's a ruthlessness. Um, but I would also suggest that possibly in each of those games, there's at least twenty five, if not thirty, points left out in the park. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that's what's really exciting. And I think that was it's really easy um, for a team to get complacent and to be like, oh, aren't we world beaters and we're the best thing since sliced bread? And like, like there's nothing where we can go next. I think that the really exciting thing about this team is, is that like, it was like that this area is like not good enough and so driven to want to get better and to want to improve performance and about actually we're, we're pretty tough on ourselves about when like, yes, we've won four games and we've won four games pretty comprehensively, but almost it it wasn't good enough for, for us in certain areas. And I think that motivation to want to keep getting better, it, it like again, is a real sign of where this, this team is at. Indeed. What did you make of France against uh, New Zealand, the Black Ferns? Yeah, pretty impressive, weren't they? But like I think having known France over the last couple of years, and after the, on the back of our results, I think I think potentially you could see that result, those two results happening. Um, so yeah, I think uh, obviously we've got France in the last game of the Six Nations, which I think, depending on how the rest of it goes, will will be a pretty good way to finish the the tournament off. Well. Like the true co-host that you are, you've segued beautifully into uh, a bit of Six Nations. Um, yeah, the dates and the, the broadcast deals for the 2022 Six Nations have been announced, targeting growing viewership and sponsorship or for the tournament. Still no major sponsor. Um, yeah, and that, there's another show there all, to, all together to to go with which uh, yeah i don't quite understand the thinking it sometimes um but all matches will be broadcast in england ireland and italy with news still to come from france of course that they'll, they'll jump on board um but uh the french being french um they're just taking a backwards seat for the for the moment uh the women's six nations will have its own dedicated calendar window starting on the 26th of march Plus, the tournament has pushed for the final round Super Saturday on Saturday, the 30th of April, aiming to make it one of the highlights in the women's rugby calendar next year. Happy with the dedicated slot. Happy with the Super Saturday. Yeah, I think um, obviously last year COVID threw us into the the new slot we had. And I think I think we owe it to like... The tournament to put it back in that slot to see whether in a non-COVID year where whether it works as well because I think we did get more coverage and uh, there weren't clashes and actually I, I thought it worked really well so actually let's see the proper format which I think all players are, are happy about I guess the Six Nations format was the way it was last year because it needed to be but I think everyone's excited about getting back to the full format and in that window to see what actually 
can can we take it on even even further than we did last year so I think that's really exciting to look forward to and I think the Super Saturday I think players again have been crying out for it over the the, the men have it in their competition and we're like well why don't we have it in ours so so yeah I think it just really add that that bit of edge to the final um final day of competition a bit of vava boom indeed it does um yeah awesome um looking forward to it hugely i mean and again don't give me some diplomatic answer here since <laughs> now okay you're on the women's rugby pod as co-host um the six nations and the world cup is england's to lose aren't they Nah, I'm gonna totally <laughs> bat it back, straight bat it. Um, like one game at a time, Johnny. In all honesty, like we we've obviously in a really good place, but I think, like, I think you become if you start to become complacent and go out oh, like it's ours to win, then that's when you're ready to be knocked off, and that's when you don't see people coming or performance standards drop and I think like we're not a team about that like we've like 2017 not that we ever thought we were going to go and win it after beating New Zealand but I think it gave us that almost that comfort blanket around you that like kind of gave you that false sense of security around what what was to come and I think if we haven't learned lessons from that then we're we're naive really so I think yes like we've performed well this year and obviously not just here, like 18 wins unbeaten is brilliant, but it doesn't mean anything if we don't continue to, to back that up. And um, again, teams want to, teams want to come at you when you're at the top, like you, you're there to be, you're there to be knocked off, aren't you? And we're under no illusion that, that like countries will, will come after us and teams will get better over the, the next, um next 12 months. So, so yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a media answer, but I I just don't think we're in that place to be like yeah, we've got to go and earn those trophies if we want to win them. No, it wasn't a media answer in the slightest. But I asked a question <laughs> to get the answer about to get the answer about seventeen that the fact that that complacency played a, an element in you losing the World Cup. So there you are. It's all good media stuff all round. Um, there we go. That kind of wraps up an initial chat. Let's let's talk about a little bit of Premier Fifteens. I'm Rachel Malcolm, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So then, Sarah Tur, and me. Costa Hartbury 31, Loughborough Lightning 33. Tight contest. Uh, last minute winner. Real squeaky bum time. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the first half was was like more than what we could have asked for. We'd got a bonus point by half time, and then um, proceeded second half to concede four concede four unanswered tries, alongside two yellow cards with our forwards. So we played the last twenty minutes of the game with fourteen players. So for us, I guess, especially after the way our season gone so far, to to sort of stay composed and to, to regroup and to put ourselves within a, a shot of um of getting the win, I think is is real pleasing for the group. And um yeah, I mean I, I felt for heartbreak, like don't get me wrong, uh, they've they've lost 
quite a few games right at the death, especially for Saracens last week. And obviously, I've got quite a few good friends there. So for them to lose in that manner, like I genuinely felt for them um, because we've been on the receiving end of a lot of losses this season as well. And it's not it's not a great place to be. But for us personally, I was I was really pleased. And it was a mall try as well. So as a forward and the forwards coach, you've got to be happy with that, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, look at me bailing out again, Reese, with my forwards. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear the conversation. I can hear the conversation. Did you feel you turned a bit of a corner? Look, the obvious um, lady out of, out of the ranks with, with Emily Scarrett, um, but I know there have been a few other bumps and bruises there as well. Do you think Loughborough Lightning are turning a corner? What are you up to? That's a couple of wins now, up to 12 points. Um, you're good to 10-plus points away from top four at the minute, but that's obviously the, the, the drive and the focus. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, we obviously, we probably should have done better down at Exeter as well, to be honest. So that was a bit disappointing. But obviously, Skies is always going to be a, a massive loss. But obviously, we, we haven't had her since the first game. But I think what has been really telling is we've had, obviously had Helena come back in, Helena Rowland, Jenny Maxwell, uh, the Scottish Nine, Helen Nelson, um Scottish 10, 12, um, and just add experience um, to the to our backline that was probably like didn't have that much, and we're, we're we're in a real real learning curve in terms of Premiership rugby. So to have them come in and like bolster the backline, I think has has really helped. So hopefully we um, we have we are turning a corner. We've got a big game against Sale this week, and then Bristol before Christmas. So. Hopefully we can put in a good couple of performances and and then see where we are in the new year and what we need to do that following that. Uh, Harlequin sixty nine DMP seven. Um, time gone by. That was one hundred and five nil. So, um, you know, Quinn's Quinn's fairly dominant. I'm not sure they're quite quite the force they were last year. I, uh, if you lose Abby Scott and Leanne Riley, I can still can't get. <laughs> uh, you you lose Leanne Infante. Um, yeah, any side's going to struggle. The two world class operators, um, but yeah, it was a dominant display from from Harlequins. What have you made of them so far? Yeah, I think um, like you say, they they lost two of their their key leaders, and obviously they they didn't have um, birth so until recently. So it's amazing that she's back in and I'm so pleased that she, she's come back into the swing of things and she's finally back playing after all her troubles with injury. Um, and they obviously didn't have Beckett for a long time. So they had a lot of key people Breach. of that, um, are Jess Breach as well, of that winning premiership side that haven't played the season. So I think um, you'll start to sort of see um, Quinn's probably come through now. They've got those players back and also learn how to play without Abby and, and Leanne, which would, would take some doing to begin with. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you say that they that they probably haven't been where they were last year, but they're still in the top four. So um, they, they're, doing, they're doing all right, aren't they? So And, and nothing, nothing's won at this point of the year, which you've got to remember as well. So, um, so yeah, I've got no doubt that they'll, they'll start to, to, I mean, to come in that, 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 in terms of, how their performance will will go as we go through this season. Yeah, someone else just mentioned they don't have any more. It's Karen Finley. Um, but anyway, wasps twenty two, sale eight. 
bonus point for Wasps needed because it's it's going to get congested, isn't it? You like yourself, Gloucester Hartbury going to be there or thereabouts. Exeter don't look like they're going anywhere. Same with same with Bristol. Um, Wasp Quinn's in that in that fight as well. It's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. It's it's exciting, isn't it? Like yeah. how when have we ever really had this in the Premier 15's existence? Probably had that sort of conversation around who's going to make the top four. Like you've probably usually got the top three, if not the top four, sewn up by Christmas, and then maybe one or two teams fighting it out for that last spot. But um, but genuinely, I think I think you've probably got a couple of clear um teams in that top four and then as long as they don't slip up come the remaining half of the season uh, and then I think it's going to be a real battle for for who's going to make it and that's where we want domestic rugby to be so uh, as tough as it is for the teams I think it's exciting for the league as, in itself. Indeed so and don't count you know the the, the likes of uh, Worcester who I think are, you know will continue continue to build they were down at uh, 29-12 at home to Exeter Chiefs. Uh, Chloe Rowley with a typical Chloe Rowley score. Um, but yeah, I, Exeter again, continue to impress, impress, impress. Got uh, Steve Sa- Salvin now, uh, forwards coach, um, doing doing his bits uh, alongside Susie Appleby. They are an impressive side. Yes, they are. But you'd like to think they would be with the side that they they have you know they've got internationals running through one to 15 and then probably another 15 players outside of that so um and they're 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 well coached they're well supported so you you like there's no reason why they shouldn't shouldn't be doing shouldn't be doing well and They've also got the advantage that Exeter is so far away and it's a difficult place to go and play. Um, it's not just down the road. And I think I think obviously that that is plays a big part into into um into teams as well and how they perform when they go down to down to Sandy Park. I'm not sure if they've lost a game there yet this season. Um so yeah, that there's no that for me there's no surprise why Exeter are are doing well. No, they're fully immersed into the Exeter Chiefs brand, aren't they? And as you say, yeah, good coaching, some very good personnel, some good recruitment, and um, yeah, a real ball eight to get down to. Uh, final <laughs> game of the weekend, the top two slugged it out, seventeen twelve between Saracens and Bristol Bears. Yeah, the Bristol Bears were flying into this one. Everybody talking about them, the uh, at home with the wards that's going on down there. Um, with Captain Dave and um, Abby, of course, in the ranks. Did you see any of that? Speak to any of the uh, the girls afterwards. I saw like bits and pieces. Obviously, we we were away at Gloucester, so didn't catch it, catch all of it, which is a shame. But um, I mean, I saw Bristol's first try, which looked Oof. real clinical. Um, and then obviously seeing that try on on social when Alicia Butchers runs pretty much the length of the pitch and then involved in finishing it off at the end. Um, but Saracens, I think, were in true Saracens style, found a way to win, um, which they do very well, don't they? That That's part of their DNA of thinking of like managing to get wins. Um, and, and, um, and I think, I guess, Bristol, I haven't, 
spoken too much about the game in detail, but I think we'll be we'll maybe disappoint about the result in terms of whether they should have got something out of it as well. But yeah, I mean, it sounded a pretty close game. Yeah, well, you come away the the, the losing bonus point. Um, yeah, I think I think Bristol will take away more to learn about themselves and Saracens will, if you if that makes sense. Um, I guess also from Bristol's point of view, it's 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 probably not a bad thing in terms of obviously they've gone they've gone unbeaten and like you say like they they can probably like learn about themselves and how they move on to the rest of the season. I just hope they don't learn too much before Saturday <laughs> because we've got them at home. So if they could learn, leave their learning um, and soul seeking until after Christmas, that would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah this fix is coming up and i just want a quick one word or two word answer um for your predictions extra chiefs against gloucester Harbury this weekend round eight. Oh, you've just well you've just given your answer about two minutes ago yeah but they I haven't lost at home they haven't but i think gloucester are due a win genuinely i think they're due a win like they've been okay. so close so close um that i that i think yeah and the squad that they are and the like the teamship they have like i'm i'm gonna go i know probably it goes against what a lot of people might think but i'm gonna go gloucester good i'm going extra uh loughborough lightning at sale oh, i think my team would kill me if i go anything other than loughborough <laughs> i'm going after too. no i'm going sale go katie no um home win Saracens Quins. I'm not very good at this game. Quickly, am I? Uh, uh, I think Saracens. Yep, I think they're at too. home, aren't they? Saracens are home, yep. Wasp DMP. Oh, wasps. Swarm. All over it. Uh, Worcester against Bristol. Uh, I think Bristol will be hurting from that so I think they'll they'll take the take the win although I think Worcester will push them because I think uh they are a tough side I mean we we lost to them and I think they're they're not the side they were of a couple of seasons ago that's for sure no no, no. I yeah they they are doing some some really good things down there but it's uh Bristol Bears to bounce back yeah triple alliteration um awesome those are predictions for Premier 15's round. Yeah, just to let you know, um, Harlequins will be streamed on on the on on BBC Sport um, as part of the I'd say New Deal with Premier 15's. There's yeah, uh, that's all quite unclear. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, that will be on the BBC. Which look more exposure the better. Just needs to be better quality exposure. Um, simple as that. One other thing I wanted to speak to you uh, about, Sunter, because we're gonna we're gonna go to it in a couple of minutes' time. Um, I caught up with with Simon Middleton earlier on, and and just had to try and squeeze something out of him uh, about mm-hmm. himself. Um, you and him are, are very similar, like that. Um, but he's obviously picked up this week the World Rugby Coach of the Year award up against um, in Foster. Uh, Dave Rennie, the Australian coach, uh, and the two co-coaches for the Black Ferns Olympic winning team, Alan Bunting and uh, Corey 
Sweeney. Um, just and I, you know, you can flatter him as much as you like. Depends how how much you want to have a Six Nations uh, spot. No, no. All, all joking aside, um, he's the first coach to to receive the award for for a women's team. Um, just about him first to to, to begin with. Um, fully deserving, right? Oh, absolutely. I think um, it speaks volumes that he's the first um, coach of a women's team to to get it. And you look at the list that have received it in the past and, like, it speaks for itself, really. And, like, I, f- I feel like it's not just for this year. I think it's for the years that he's worked within the programme and where he's yeah. taken the women's game. Like, not just not just the Red Roses, um, but what he's done for the game as a whole, and I think he, like like he'll be the first to say it's the for the team, and it's not an individual um, an individual award. But he's probably one of the most passionate and driven person around England and the Red Roses, and how well we do, and wanting us to perform well, and wanting us to succeed. And I certainly think that that sort of motivation like rubs off on the rest of the squad and like you look at the the leadership of a of a group of a team and how you want to set that out and the standards that he sets for us and the vision that he has and the motivation he has for the team and wanting to success that it just like like oozes down into the team about it and like I, I I've worked with him for a long time and he has certainly made me a better player and made me a better captain and probably made me a better person as well. And I just think that speaks volumes of who he is and what he is as a coach and what he's about. And yeah, I think, um, I think he thoroughly deserves the award. And I said to him, I hope he takes time to, to actually enjoy it um, and to celebrate properly. Yeah, I think you and I both know that he won't because that's that's mids. Um, he'll be on to the next next thing. Um, I've got um, what 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 lovely words and yeah, um, yeah, Stephanie worth another ten caps. So well done. That's um... <laughs> just <laughs> um, <laughs> no joke. Don't worry. No, no. Look, I, I that that um, very much came from the heart. And yeah, I, I think you you have to be a, a part of that conversation in in terms of. Uh, the standards, you know, at any organisation, it, it comes to the very top, and and you're in centre at the very top of the Red Roses, and um, yeah, you are part of of that team that has made it quite so accessible, um, so likable, uh, and so successful. So uh, well done, you. Anyway, enough about him. Let's just talk to him. Here's Simon Middleton, the best coach in the year. I'm Leanne Riley, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. It is a massive honour on the WRP, as it always is, but especially uh, this week and in this period of time, to have Simon Middleton, MBE, on the uh, podcast. Woodward, Laporte, McQueen, <laughs> Hansen, White, Schmidt, Checker, Jones and now Middleton. That's decent company, isn't it, Simon? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, is it? Um, uh, yeah, I <laughs> I read that list out to my wife the other night. We were we were discussing uh, 
Well, she was asking me uh, if it was a new award because we already ever talked about Player of the Year because obviously Suns has had it and Scars has got it. Uh, and I was, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's been gone a while. I'll just have a Google, look at the list when it started and what it was. <laughs> and obviously, the list that you just read out. So I read it out to her. Obviously, she didn't have a clue who any of them were. Oh, are they good, are they? Oh, yeah, they're all right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all World Cup winners, um, generally, across the board. But no, look, I, I, I know, um, you know you are coming on to the 10 years now. I know um, this is a conversation that's um, slightly awkward for you because, of the, the, you know, in the nicest possible way, because that's the, the, the kind of chap you are. But this, this, is, this is massive and not undeserved. And huge congratulations to you. What were the initial initial feelings? Uh, I mean, just just to get get, get nominated was was phenomenal. Uh, which that that got dropped on me in a shirts presentation in the build up to I think which game it was one of one of the autumn games when we we I had spoke to the team manager and she said, look, we've got a couple of nominations for World Player of the Year. Uh, I said, oh, well, let's do it in shirts. Let's do it out as part of shirts. So we did that, and then Sunter. Uh, got up and she said oh we've got another one and uh, then she announced that I'd been nominated for coach of the year and I was I was just totally stunned uh, so you know from being nominated uh, by such a you know incredible panel I was like yeah, it's just just amazing incredible and then uh, yeah, I got a phone call from from Connor the other day and, and he was like uh, I've got a letter to read out to you and uh, yeah, I was—I just couldn't believe it. Still can't, to be fully honest. Incredible. And and reaction from because obviously, yeah, when when you're when you're in the wood, you possibly can't 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 see the the trees and what have you. Has it has it uh, possibly not surprised you, um, or it shouldn't shouldn't surprise you? But the the warmth of feeling, you know, from from messages from. <sighs> Whether it be appearances like this, or uh, I, asked, you know, I asked you earlier, is your phone pinging? And you said, yes, yeah, never, never pinged so much in all my life. It's, how heartwarming has that been? Yeah, absolutely moving. Uh, you know, I, I was lucky, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, to, to be awarded an MBE earlier in the year was just incredible. And the messages I got and the warmth and support I got for that was incredible but this is this is just taking it to a whole different level and I, I think it's because you know so many people within rugby and who have worked from within rugby and a lot of people and a lot of people who I haven't worked from within rugby recognize uh you know what, what probably what's what's behind it and, and as you mentioned you know what it means uh you know to, to the wider game and it, yeah it's literally I've had 24 hours of of just trying to get back to people and if there's anybody I've missed I will get back to you uh you know, I just it's just just incredible the amount of messages and everything. And is is that across the board? Is that from uh, possibly fellow coaches from 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 players you've you, you've you've coached? That again would would speak volumes if that was a wide gambit. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. From I mean, first of all, the, the messages from the girls were, was was incredible, and we were doing our autumn review yesterday when it actually officially broke, and uh, Emily Acom's goal. So we agreed it would, it would go out at half twelve, and then it, you know, in, internally, and uh, and then it would go out at one o'clock. So you know, obviously externally, and then so we were we were literally in a room doing the autumn review, uh, and 
I was sat next to Alex Martin. I totally sort of lost track of time because there was quite a lot going on. And I just sort of looked across and he was just reaching across and he was just putting his hand down and just, congratulations, mate. It's unbelievable. And then, like, like the, the staff in the room stood up and started applauding. I was like, whoa. And then I remembered what was going on. And it was, yeah, it was so moving. Uh, and then the messages all came in from the girls. And then since then, you know, the, the, I'm on a Leeds, uh, Leeds Tyke ex-players and coaches group. And that's, I've had almost about 30, 40 more messages from that, you know, from people who are now at the other side of the world, you know, Andres Neymar and, and, and all players that, you know, are, are coached with. Uh, and then other coaches, you know, and, and Eddie dropped me a message, which was you know, fantastic. And just, just everybody, everybody from all the, all the, the walks, a guy called Bob Hood, who was my mentor on my level four, uh, you know, Kevin Bowering, who, who guided me through the coaching journey uh, in the early days. Every, everybody's been, you know, been gracious enough to drop me a, a line and, uh, you know, massively appreciative. Oh, wow. I mean, from from the early days of uh, curly blonde haired, mainly rugby, <laughs> mainly, mainly rugby league, man, that's that's 18 wins in a row. Mm-hmm. So that's three Grand Sounds titles in a row. You came on board... Uh, and won a World Cup. Now an NBA, now World Rugby's Coach of the Year. In your wildest dreams, as a young lad knocking around the streets of Leeds, could you imagine that you 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 get to to where we are this week? No, no, not not even. You know, obviously, I've I've done a few interviews over the last twenty four hours, and and I, and I had a few few things uh, in place anyway, which were talking about my coaching journey and and. Uh, and one of the questions I got asked, you know, was like, oh, was this all, all, all part of the plan? And he's like, you know, most definitely not. Like, I, I never intended being a rugby coach. I just wanted to play. I loved playing. Phil Davis gave me an opportunity to join the, the coaching staff doing skills when I, I finished playing. I was a little bit like, yeah, go on. I'll stay. I'll do a bit because I wanted to stay in the environment rather than coach because uh, I loved being around the, the lads on game day and stuff like that. And then, and, and then, yeah, it just it took up from there, and you know, the, it just gets you, it grabs you, just coaching, and then yeah. uh, you, you get into it, and yeah. But I've, there's never been a plan, and and I spoke to a lady this morning. We were talking, just doing some forward planning with the RFU, you know. Uh, and one of the questions uh, she she. She asked me was you know about my coaching journey and what my plan was, and I said ironically, one of the things I've always said, uh, and 100% this is, this is truth, is that a phrase I, I used loads of times. Well, I don't want to be the best coach. Well, I'm not interested in being the best coach in the world. You know, I just want to coach because because you say that because you, number one, you never think it's, it's, you know, you're never going to be in that ballpark, but. That's genuinely how I felt. I just wanted to coach, uh, and I just I can't believe the stuff that's come off the back of it, you know. And it, and it just seemed like you know this year in particular has been just an incredible, incredible year. And uh, but you know, I've I pretty much stumbled from one thing to another, to be honest, Johnny. You know, I, I've you know as it was a, a plan to coach. You know, to play professional rugby league. Now I just got picked up playing in an amateur rugby union game when they come to watch another player you know I stumbled into coaching uh, the England job the Olympics you know you, uh, and you just I don't know 
maybe 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 that's the recipe for it and don't think too much about it well yeah i mean you stumble <laughs> a incredibly effectively and b unbelievably successfully so um well if that is the recipe then um Maud Muir's okay because apparently she's she's got a <laughs> <laughs> she'll do well. She's quite a stumbler. She's that um, model. <laughs> so she'll do she'll do very well. No, I, no, I, I, utterly utterly chuff you. Um, and I think you know um, some 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 time before the Six Nations. You, you obviously got Christmas and whatever coming up. And just just a bit of a reflection. Uh, I know it's, yeah, you know how important that is, but um, yeah, I'm sure once once the dust has settled on your coaching career, you'll you'll look back and and, and fully appreciate um, just just where you've uh, where you've come from and the accolades have been yeah very much very much deserved. Um, you mentioned it just slightly earlier. What, what do you think it means for for the women's game that you are the first coach of a women's team? to win it and not for one second am I saying that's why you won it um, but what does that resonate uh, around the game of, uh, of rugby and, and around women's sport well I think it like hopefully open, it opens the door uh, you know to, to the, the concept that uh, the coach of, a, of any women's team can win uh, a combined world coaching award or any other award of that, of that matter you know and that as a coach, you're going to get judged on uh, your success of that team and not the gender of that team, you know. And uh, so I think uh, it's, you know, it, it, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a, offers a great opportunity for hopefully for, for, for others to, to, you know, follow. And, and you know, it, it's about the credibility, I suppose, isn't it? It's just a, another step on, on the journey of creating uh, credibility and stock value for for what we we do within within the the, the England women's setup, uh, which is you know it's been gaining pace for years, uh, and it's the the backing behind it from the RFU is phenomenal. You know it's 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 always talked about in the same breath as the men's game. Now there's no there's nothing to distinguish in terms of you know where priorities lie and things like that, and and hopefully particularly what's happened over the last uh, sort of two months and, and what's what's happening this week and some of the accolades uh, just serve to show that, you know, if you do get behind uh, a team and you do resource it and you do support it, you know, just what's achievable uh, and, and, and hopefully this will help to that you know, accelerate and, and draw more people into, into the coaching side of it. Uh, as we're trying to grow the women's playing side, we're trying to grow the women's coaching side as well. So it's it all adds weight and it all adds momentum. Yeah, you and I have had conversations, many conversations over the years about. It, yeah, it's it's probably going to be small steps, and yeah, it just just feels like. Yeah, the autumn feels like a, a slightly bigger step, almost one of those corner steps. We're taking two, yeah. two or three steps um, ahead. Can we can we just talk about? I'm conscious of your time because no doubt. You know, you've probably got Tatler and Mayfair and Sports Illustrated and all the rest of it. Mate, I've just spent three and a half hours on a speed awareness course. So <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could, that was, pre- that, that, that just, how did that drop in <laughs> just today? So, mate, you carry on. I've got plenty of time. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, stay humble. Hashtag stay humble. Absolutely. Um, drive more carefully. Um, I will now. Yeah, yeah, they're quite useful, aren't they? Um, not, I've, I've been told. Um, but um, yeah, the, the autumn, just 
just your uh, assessment overall. And, and you know, I, I know you probably won't go there, but you know, it's obvious it's a full time program and it's fully backed and it's fully resourced and you've got the right people in place. But just you, your assessment from a sort of a, a team perspective, surprised how well you performed. What areas do you think need a bit of polish? Uh, look, I, I'm absolutely thrilled with the way we performed. There's no doubt whatsoever. I, I honestly believe that we we definitely moved our game to a new to a new level, uh, and because of the consistency of the performances, considering the amount of rotation that we actually made across the side uh, for the, for the four games, and and some of the personnel who were missing, you know, we, we, there, were, there were some some big guns missing from from the side. Uh, but also some of the players we brought in and, and how they dropped in uh, to, to the setup. So in terms of the squad value, it was it was massive. Uh, you know, and some of the individual performance of, of players who have been growing and growing, like Zoe Harrison, was phenomenal. Uh, you know, and you know the big question is how do you replace Katie Dale McLean? Well, we know Helena Rowland is a fantastic player, and she demonstrated that you know towards the end of sort of Katie's tenure. As such, uh, you know, and to have Eleanor back in the program again for us was was huge. Uh, but how Zoe really came out of her shell and grasped the, the 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 sort of responsibility that goes with running the team on the field uh, was was sensational. And uh, so that was you know that was a huge part of what we're doing because that's you, know, you look like the pieces of the jigsaw we've got to get in place for next year and that's a huge part and, and you know we sort of Katie steps out and we go where does that leave us in the ten ten slot well now we've got Ellen Rowland and we've got we've got Zoe Harrison who are both phenomenal players and uh, and we've probably got a couple more who are such good footballers can step into that and and, and have done through a number of training sessions and, like that. and then you look at the introduction of Ollie Aitchison who was sensational you know just such a fantastic player it was really difficult to to, to at the end we did a bit of assessment and uh, we all we practically forgot that Holly made a debut in the you know in the autumns she was that good and and she settled in that well you know then then you look at the forwards you know you've got Maud and you know, we're searching for that third hooker place and Connie comes in and has got Sadi Kabea, absolutely brilliant, you know. So, you know, and then you get the, the ones who have been in the programme a while who are stepping their game up, you know. I thought Abby Ward had a, you know, a tremendous series, you know, but that's the best she's played in England for a long time. She's got a great tactician, is Abby, but she needed to move her game on around the pack and she did, you know. So it was Zoe Allcroft, absolutely phenomenal, you know. Uh, and, and Sarah Byrne getting Sarah Byrne back, and then Botts comes back in great shape, and you know, and and, and that sort of leads on to what the, the one of the most pleasing aspects of the whole thing was about about the intensity and the energy and the physicality we brought to the game, and not necessarily collision physicality, although we definitely up that, but our ability to to, to sustain a tempo, uh, you know, and then obviously you know you look at the the transition in the forwards from where we were. Uh, in the in the Six Nations to so where we are now, you know, with the introduction of, of, of Deeks into the setup, and you know, and Scott Scott has been working so hard with the backs, and he's got the backs ticking now, and the, you know, he, he's really sort of getting starting to get the best out of a young group of backs, uh, and, you know, we still got Miss Scarlett to put, to put back into that that lineup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so so I, I thought our 
our physical game, which was something we really wanted to get out on the field. We, 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 we set our stall out. We put our objectives down at the start. And, and right at the bottom was, we've got, to, we've got to evidence our physical game. Where, where is all this training we've been doing? What does it look like on the park? Because we've not quite seen it yet. And, and we evidenced loads of that. Uh, and that was really, really pleasing. Yeah. PPP? PPP. PPP, there you are. It's beginning to to bear fruit. How how, how scary? Well, a, um, I you know no problem. I'm happy to send you some paracetamol when you're choosing your World Cup squad, uh, because boy oh boy, you're gonna have some headaches. Um, but how how scary is it, um, mids? I mean, I, I chopped your text. Uh, I think after the, the first New Zealand game, said absolutely fantastic. But how scary is it for the rest of the world that you put ninety nine points on on New Zealand? Um, and you probably left something like thirty to forty points out between those two games, and 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 another you know, thirty or plus in the other two games as well. How scary is it for the rest of the world? Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't care. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we talk, we talk about this quite a bit, and, and and we get we get really strong support from above us, which says, "Don't worry about the gap opening up. That's for others to close. Let's concentrate. Our job is to keep opening the gap." Now. There's a bigger pitch there, and, I'm, I'm, and that's part of the, the, the other head coaches of the, the national teams around the world. I'm working with, with, with Nicky on a, on a bit of a project, Nicky, Nicky Ponsford on a bit of a project at the moment, just to try and close some of them gaps and support some of the other nations, because it's massively important that we, we have a game that is competitive on, on every front, wherever possible. But ultimately, my job is, is to, to coach England to be the best we can be. Uh, and that's that'll always be my focus until I'm told uh, otherwise. Uh, you know, if I was if I was another coach looking in, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, we, we, we've a bit of work to do there, from some respects. But but there's a couple of things we know for for fact, or as close to fact as you get, is that New Zealand will be totally different when we've got New Zealand. Like we've like they, they've had the kick up the backside that they that we probably didn't need to give them. Uh, you know, I don't think what's happened in the autumns will will have helped our cause from that point of view. But having said that, they were always going to be better. They were always, you know, the, the nature of their tour was unbelievably challenging. Uh, but I think, I think that you know, they 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 came with expectations of winning four games and lost four games, and that that is a unquestionably a product of not being able to keep their game on the field through COVID, and and that's where we've excelled as a union. We've gone, you know, we're going to back this. We're going to keep you on the field. We're going to keep you training. We're going to keep everybody safe, but we're going to keep you training. And just the application of the staff to, to when we couldn't first get back on the field, to make sure everybody, the detail that went into make sure that everybody, everybody's individual position was understood. What did they have at home? What did they have in close proximity to them that could keep them in physical condition? Uh, individualized prayer programs for everybody until we could get everybody back together and the, the the amount of effort that went into keeping the game on the field was phenomenal uh but it, but it showed didn't it it showed it showed yeah. the culmination of it was was last month you know now now france have clearly been doing their 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 best to keep their game on the field uh i, I don't I mean, I don't know for sure, but I don't think they, they managed to do it quite as successfully as we did, but they certainly had a, had a decent crack at it. And that's reflected in how they played. Because you know, we shouldn't forget just how well they played against a New Zealand side that I would say would have been getting better, not worse through the tour. 
don't yeah. think they would have fallen away. They would have learned, played together, trained together. They would have been better. And, and France you know, did a job on them twice. Uh, and France are a phenomenal side. They are an incredibly good side. So as much as we've moved, we feel we've moved on, we know that France is snapping at our heels. You know, if we played France next week, it would be really difficult to call that game. That would be a tough, tough game for either side to win. And New Zealand will be totally different when we get to New Zealand. New Zealand. There's no doubt whatsoever. Yep, they've really reacted, haven't they? Uh, new fitness coaches come in. Um, and, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the France comment. Although, what's that, seven in a row you've won? I think, it, again, I, think, I think it's ten. Is it I think it's ten against 10? France. I think so. Nine or I said ten, seven plus. But four of them we didn't. We probably didn't deserve to win. Three of them we won with the last play of the game, and the lights went out one one. Yeah, I was so going to say yeah, the lights went out one of them. Yeah, that's how. That's yeah, how close yeah, it's yeah. been. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But well, no, I, I totally agree. It's not. It's not your 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 role to to, to drag people with you. You crack on. It's up to to other people to 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 make, to make up the up the gap. You speak about France, and we we we, we go to France, um, and and the Six Nations just been announced again. Some really really good broadcast stuff around it. Some some quality broadcast stuff around it. Um, yeah. Like you had in the, the autumn. Um, some which which yeah, obviously it's my bag, but um, it, it's really important for me to if you're if you're head of the tree, um, top of the tree, then you've got to represent it in the, in the best possible light. Um, and there's some good broadcast stuff. Standalone, uh, what are you, Edinburgh, Palmer, King's Home, Leicester, Bayonne? Yeah, Bayonne. Yeah. Um, right, that it's standalone. Obviously, I'm pleased to see the, the full fixture back and, and a super Saturday. All good news for you? Yeah, I think they've done a great job. I think they've been bold, they've been innovative, uh, and uh, I think the way that they've set the competition up. Can only be can only be good. Might be proved wrong, but I, I think it's. Uh, you know, and I'm a traditionalist, uh, but I, I think this is this. They've done a really good job with how they've, they've set the Six Nations up. And, and right, right to be standalone because yeah, we, yeah. we what we had uh, COVID last time and it was a bit of an experiment, but actually yeah. give it a give it another year to to see because women don't have women's rugby doesn't have to follow men's rugby mirror it does it completely you've got to do what's right no. in women's rugby no and I think that's the trap that's been falling into I, I think there was a time when it was there was lessons to be learned and there was there was a, a yeah, path course. to follow but it, it's you know it's grown to a point now where it, it can be what it wants to be uh, and and I think we have to be agile in in mind as to how we grow it and how we promote it we have to be brave and experiment, uh, and you know, and, and I think the, the 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 way that they've set the competition up in terms of how you can get to sort of the Super Saturday, which is massively important, massively important that, that there's a culmination to the Six Nations because that's the difference in the men's game, whether we like it or not. At the moment, you know, you have no idea. 80-90% of those games who's going to win those those games in the men's and, and it's probably always going to come down to the last game where the pecking order is going to be decided not not so with the women's game previously but I think the way that they've structured it gives a great opportunity for that to happen and a great competition for the last day for everybody something to really shoot for yeah no, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So we will we will leave it there I'm hugely hugely uh, thankful for, for your time um 
in such a golden week. Uh, it seems to be golden months, golden years. Um, the World Cup's yours to lose now, isn't it? No. No. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to have it. You've got to have it to lose it. <laughs> we ain't got it. It's New Zealand's <laughs> at the moment. Fair enough. So, to steal it then. Oh, but look, you... Well, just, 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 just finally, look, that was a uh, very tongue in cheek, and I'm, I'm glad we know each other well enough to that question to be, yeah. to be thrown at that and taken the right way. But, um, in, in your planning phase, and I know you do a huge amount of, with that with, with Scotty Beeman and, and obviously Dix now as well, where are you on the plan? Are, are you where you want to be? Uh, I know that's a really broad question, but where we are instead of sit, sat early December ahead of a world, you know, six nations don't know what you're going to do in the summer and a world cup. Are we, are you where you want to be or slightly ahead? I'd say we're slightly ahead now. I, I think, you know, but that's the nature of the women's game in terms of how quick things can change. Uh, you know, six months ago, we were not ahead of the game. Uh, we're, we're in a good place. We're in a really, really good place. And we've got to make sure that we, we continue to grow the place we're in for sure because one thing about the, the squad like you say we don't know if it's going to be 36 depending on COVID whether it's going to be 30 maybe it's going to be somewhere in between but we, one of the things we did in the review yesterday we looked at the depth chart and there's 45 players alone on the depth chart that you're looking and you're going any one of those players could go to the World Cup yeah. you know, and you'd be confident with them uh, And there's, but I still think there's a few more players who could come through and uh the competition of places is, is phenomenal, and that's what you want, you know. And, and we've got a we've got a fantastic staff team together. Uh, you know, I said to him yesterday, I, I trust the staff team in my life. They are that good and that reliable, and we're going to make sure that we look after the staff team, so the staff team can look after uh, the players, and then the players can go look after the job. And uh, that's what we that's where we are at the moment. So we've got to make sure we, we, we keep moving that forward. Stay ahead of the curve. Well, look, you know, um, and that's exactly your job. And um, it's been recognised this week. And from, from everybody here at the at the WRP, huge, huge congratulations to you, Mids. Um, as I mentioned a couple of times, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. And, um, yeah, personally, professionally, I'm absolutely delighted for you. Thanks, Johnny. I usually appreciate that, mate, because I know how much you mean it. Cheers, bud. You take care. And uh, we'll see you. Have a, have a great Christmas. Um, will you will you indulge in a little glass of champagne just to toast your efforts? <laughs> like oh yeah, year? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I think we I think we all I think we all should come Christmas because win or lose, everybody puts a lot into it, a lot into it, and uh, yeah, it's time to back off, spend a bit of time with uh, with our loved ones, everybody, and I hope everybody has a brilliant Christmas because uh, it's been tough, hasn't it? Been really tough. Yeah. Great stuff. Brilliant to have Simon on the on the pod. Yeah, really appreciate his his time. What a, what is a busy week when I uh, I texted and said, "Would you mind coming on?" I said, "Is your phone buzzing?" He said, "Yeah, like never before." So um, even he's getting a little giddy this week, and we will allow him that uh, because he doesn't do it very often. But yeah, awesome to 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 speak to him and getting all the the products that he richly deserves. Yeah, he's big time. So we feel privileged that he's actually come on the the women's rugby pod. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, enough about Simon. And now for the rest of the international news from Nandi. 
Good to be back this week. The second leg of the Dubai Sevens took place this weekend with Australia taking the silverware home again. They beat Fiji 15-5 in the final, with France beating Russia 28-5 in the third and fourth playoffs. This means in the HSBC Sevens series, Australia lead the standings on maximum points with Fiji in second and France in third. Craig Twentyman has been hired as an SNC coach for the Black Ferns and Twentyman has previously worked with the Wallabies, Australia Sevens and Warriors NRL team. The WRU has appointed ex-international and Hall of Fame inductee Lisa Burgess and friend of the pod as the lead age grade coach for the women's programs. Burgess will head the Wales Under-18 program and from 2023, there'll be a Wales Under-20 program also headed by Burgess to ensure the smooth transition of young female rugby players throughout age grade rugby. Kosovo is the latest rugby federation to join Rugby Europe and soon we'll see them feature in international women's fixtures. Staying in Europe, Portugal beat Belgium 10-8 in the European Trophy. Belgium and Portugal was a very tight contest with Portugal edging the win. Belgium got the first score from an offside penalty, making it 0-3 12 minutes in. But at the half an hour mark, Portugal responded with a try down the left from a cross-field kick of 10-5-3 where the score stayed for half-time. At the beginning on the second half, the Portuguese number 7 scored in close range, making it 10-3. And Belgium then responded at 57 minutes with a try down the left after a quick tap penalty. And that's where the score would stay for the rest of the match. A great contest with some brilliant individual reads and skill and passages of play. The English Championship returns this weekend with round 9 in the Northwind. Barnsley will take on Cheltenham. Furwood Waterloo will take on Kenilworth. Harrogate will take on Lichfield. Sefton will host Novocastrians. And West Park Leeds will take on Loughborough Town. Whilst in the south, top of the table clash between Bath and Thurrock. Blackheath will take on Buckingham Swans. Old Albanians will take on Henley, Supermarine facing Hove and Reading Abbey hosting Richmond FC. And over in the Scottish Tenants Premiership, what should have been the final round of matches all previously rescheduled from the 28th of November were all cancelled. The matches being Harrods Blues taking on Carthur Queens Park, Bootsonians taking on Stirling County and Corstofine taking on Hillhead Jordan Hill were all cancelled with points shared, a decision agreed upon by the clubs and instead a friendly was played. Therefore, as the league comes to a close, Wittsonian sits at the top of the table on 33 points, with Hillhead Jordan Hill coming in second on 32 points and Costafine in third on 30 points. Moving to Ireland in round 8 of the Energia or Ireland League, Blackrock College won against Old Belvedere at home, winning that game 17-7, while Malone lost against Suttonians, a close one, losing that game 13-12. Railway Union FC bag a massive 72-0 against Galvegians, while UI Bohemian also bag a victory against Belancolic, winning that clash 64-5. Wilklow lost against Cook at home, losing that clash 2019. This means the top of the table remains unchanged, with Railway Union and UI Bohemian tied in first with 34 points, Railway Union ahead on zero losses, whilst Blackrock College move into third on 29 points. Next week in round nine, Belancolic will take on Blackrock College, Cook will take on Malone, Galvegians will take on Wilklow, Suttonians will host UI Bohemian, and Old Belvedere will take on Railway Union. Looking at France, round 5 of Elite 1 took place this weekend, and in pool 1, Stad René lost at home against Lens, losing that clash 21-10, while ASM Rukbunar bag a massive 54-3 against Grenoble. Stad Tulisia also get a win against AC Pobogny, winning that clash 24-0, with Stad Francais on a bye. And in Pool 2, A.S. Bayonets lost at home against Stade Bordelais, losing that clash 25-0, while Lyon also lost at home against Blackneck, losing 39-5. 
Montpellier get a victory against Chile Mazarin, winning that clash 64-5, and Lille was on a bye. This means that Elysia lead top of Pool 1 on 25 points, with ASM Brugge in second on 14 points, and whilst in Pool 2, there's all to play for as Montpellier lead the top of the table on 25 points, but Black Neck is in second also on 25 points, and Bode close behind in third on 23 points. Next weekend in Round 6 in Pool 1, Lance will take on Grenoble, AC Babogne will take on Stade René, while Stade Francais will take on Stade Tudissier, and ASM Brugge on a bye. And in Pool 2, Stade Baudelaire will take on Lyon. Chile Mazarin will take on AS Bayonnaise. And Lille will take on Montpellier. Black Neck will be on a bye. Heading southward again in Spain, there was a break in the Ipedora League this weekend. And Round 9 is set to resume on the 12th of December, with Complutense Cisneros taking on Grad Residencia, Olimpico de Pezelo taking on San Cuga, Eibar taking on San Cés Grum, and Cotiva Cocos taking on Majadonda. That's it from me. See you next week. I am Shona Pell Hughes, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Mandy Butelazi, thank you so much for bringing us up to date with all the news. Plenty of it firing around as we go into the festive period. But that's about it, Sunta. It's been really lovely to have you on board. Well, it's been great to come back. Do enjoy company. Yeah, and with you... Know, you know, we could do like a double act of mastermind, the uh, Sarah Hunter period of English rugby. Uh, and I think we'd, we'd, we'd get a decent score. Um, You'd probably know more than I would, Johnny. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Uh, a few shout outs to, to finish up with. Uh, quite a few players at the moment getting their 50th caps for their clubs. Maud Muir did that at the weekend for Wasps. I'm not sure whether we mentioned it last week, so we'll just cover ourselves and, and say Vicky Cornborough, congratulations on your half century for Quinn's last week. Yeah, and Roe Marston was out for Bristol when she got her 50th cap at the weekend. And congratulations to the Russian referee, Maria Kimkina, who took charge of her first Rugby Europe game this weekend with Portugal against Spain. That game that Nandy mentioned. As I say, that's it for another week. Huge, huge thank you to you, Sinta, for coming on and being a little co-host. Um, always, always a pleasure. Massive thank you to Simon Milton, World Rugby's Coach of the Year. And thank you for all listening. But what we want you to do is subscribe, share and rate us. And you can... Follow us at any means of social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we are Pod Women's Rugby. So please, please do that. Look at that. She said we. I'm in a team with Sarah Hunter. That's it. <laughs> Was it all right? My life's yeah, my bucket list is done. <laughs> I'm in a team. I'm considered we with Sarah Hunter. That's yeah. it. My job here is done. Um <laughs> Big thanks uh, to to Shaw, to Thomas, to Duke, Bluebell, uh, Fabwork, Bluebell, um, as ever. Thank you very much. And Nandi Butelezi, awesome. Thank you again, Sunter. Enjoy your game at the weekend. And if I don't see you before, have a very, very good Christmas. Yeah, you too. Not long now. Really isn't long now. Is it? present sorted? No. Is it more Loughborough socks for everyone in the family again this year? Yeah. Or England. I've got a few pairs of match socks that I'm sure I could just uh, 
wrap up and, um, and give out. Oh, do you know what? Pop on eBay, you can sell them a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks so much, Until You take care. No problem. Bye. Bye-bye.